So this practice of mental cultivation of bhavana is uh, something that's very important. And so something that we should be sincere in doing. So the sincerity, it has to be there in all of the things that we do. Whether it's building up goodness, so creating merits or going out and helping in society. It depends on a, a real sense of this sincerity of integrity in our hearts to be able to do that. And we have to have faith in what we're doing as well. And so everyone coming to practice, um, we need to, to have this faith as well. And some people have the faith that arises from suffering. So from experiencing suffering. And some have faith as well in the Buddha that he had the wisdom required to be able to defeat the defilements in his heart. We have the highest respect in our hearts for the perfectly self-awakened Buddha. But having this faith and respect, we also need to put his teachings into practice to follow the path that he laid out. Because even though we may have this respect that he um, destroyed the kilesas in his heart, we also need to uh, follow this path. So when we have gained experience of feelings of suffering, of feelings of stress, what that is, is the first of the four noble truths, this noble truth of suffering, of dukkha. The suffering that we experience comes from being separated from the things that we love and hold dear, or from meeting with things that we dislike, that we have aversion to, or not getting what we want. These are all causes for us to experience anguish and pain. But these are all things that every single one of us experiences and meets with. And so these days there's um, a lot of problems that are arising. There's a lot of change going on. Um, and the economy, the economic situation at the moment isn't very good. Um, today, the 27th of June, 2020, that the economic situation is getting worse. But all of us, we gather together, um, do this chanting and practice Dhamma every day. We listen to these teachings. Um, and what they tell us is about the suffering that we're meeting with. That suffering arises, this dukkha comes both in mental forms and also in physical forms as well. We may experience sickness, but the sickness of the body, it can also work its way into our hearts as well through the anxiety we feel. So it's not just the pain in the body, it also becomes pain in the heart through the worries that we have. 
And ever since we were children, then we've met with this dukkha, with this suffering. We've had to be separated from things that we love. And we've had to experience um, not getting what we want. And these are all forms of difficulty, stress that we meet with. So the Buddha taught that having attachments to the five khandhas is the cause of suffering. So we've all had the opportunity to um, come and meet with these teachings and we chant these things every day. We chant our praises of the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. But it's also important to reflect on that Dhamma as well. That the Buddha said that we, once we're born, then we meet with old age, sickness and death. And this is all a cause of suffering. So we can ask ourselves, well, what is the suffering we experience in our lives? We chant these things, but we also need to contemplate them as well. We can't just let it be simply sounds coming out of our mouths. Because parrots are able to chant as well. They can do these chants. Animals can chant. But there isn't any wisdom that comes up from it. So we must contemplate. We must reflect on what we're doing. And ask ourselves, what is dukkha really like? And is it true? What we're chanting, is it true? When the Buddha said that suffering is waiting in front of us, what did he mean? We may chant these things, but not really get any sense of the reality of it. We may not get a feeling for it. So we ask ourselves, well, why, where does suffering come from? We see that really we're close to death. And when we reach that point of death, and just before that comes, there's likely to be a lot of pain. And maybe we'll have troubles with our breathing. They may even have to make an incision in our throats to get the air through. Or some people, they have to undergo brain surgery before they die. Even though our bodies may be very strong in their current state, maybe we're still quite young. But when we get older and we get past the age of 60, then the practice becomes a bit more difficult and we can really get a feel for the um, impermanence of our lives, that death is waiting just in front of us. So we should ask ourselves, are we prepared for this yet? Have we prepared ourselves for this pain and the suffering? So we need to contemplate before it happens and use our wisdom faculty to do this. So when we've seen this nature of suffering, then what follows is um, the need for us to build up our inspiration and our um, enthusiasm towards the practice. And why is that? It's because the suffering that we experience, it's possible for us to escape from it. It's not necessary to be going through this constantly. But escaping from suffering requires effort and requires sincerity. We have 
uh, chanda, which is like a, an enthusiasm for the practice, uh, wanting to do it, wanting to investigate and wanting to really get in there and practice the Dhamma. Because if we don't see suffering, then we've got no chance of seeing the Dhamma. If we're just lost and um, distracted by things, getting um, absorbed in frivolous things, then we'll just waste our lives away like this. And when we get old and we experience sickness and we experience pain, we won't be able to prepare ourselves in time if we haven't done any preparation before. And there will be a great amount of anguish that we experience in our hearts at that point. But if we investigate frequently, we constantly tell ourselves that all things are unstable. And we can look at the external things, the material things around us. So say in a monastery, we can look at the, the hall, we can look at the, the stupa, or the various huts around the monastery and see how these things are changing. You can also, for the lay people, look at our houses and contemplate the changing nature of our houses, of the cars. And we can also see how society is in a state of flux as well. And it's especially true now with the pandemic of COVID uh, spreading around. There's a lot of change that's going on and this is um, crystal clear at this moment. So if we have the wisdom, then we'll be able to see and understand and then accept these things. We have to also have the effort to abandon and the effort to change as well. But what we try to change is the views that are there in our hearts. Because if our hearts don't change, but the things external to them do change, then there'll be aversion towards that. We won't want it to happen and we'll experience pain. And there'll always be this dukkha, the stress and suffering there. For example, with our bodies, that maybe right now they're strong and healthy and we don't want them to change. But when they do, then we'll experience pain in our hearts. And the reason is that we haven't changed our wrong views. So we need to adjust our views, adjust the views that we have in our minds so that they aren't a source, a source of uh, difficulty. This is a form of practice that we do in praise and devotion towards the Buddha. So therefore, we need to raise up our inspiration in the practice because we have a goal. We believe that the Buddha attained to awakening and that was real, that he actually did that. And we believe that if we follow the Dhamma that the Buddha taught, then we'll be able to experience uh, this freedom from suffering as well. So, Having this faith, we should throw all we've got at the practice. Because this death is waiting for us. It's right there in front of us. So we need to really put in our efforts. And Venerable Ajahn Chah, he taught that 
if it's not good, then let it die. And if it won't die, then make it good. And this is a really um, uncompromising teaching of Venerable Ajahn Chah. He taught that the Dhamma is there on the shores of death. And in order for us to get the Dhamma, we have to be willing to put our lives on the line. Just like many people are willing to put their bodies on the line in order to gain money, we need to put our lives on the line to gain the Dhamma. Because the kilesas, the defilements that we're fighting with, they're like the world champions. And if we don't have this sincerity in the practice, then there's no way that we'll be able to win the fight. So we have to be sincere. This sincerity, it arises firstly from, or it's, it's put forth firstly towards dana or generosity. And this practice of dana has great benefits. And just like the trees need leaves in order to survive and flourish, um, bunya or merit, it's, it's like a leaf. And when we create this merit, when we build it up, then it provides a freshness. All the sacrifices that we do, they make our hearts fresh. And it's really important for this. So just like at Wat Mabjan and the mountain that the monastery is situated on, uh, the trees that cover this mountain are all very green and fresh, and that's because the rain falls all year round. So when we are constantly giving and sacrificing, then there's a freshness there in the heart. It's like our hearts have life, because life is freshness. When we have this, then that also spreads to others as well. And other people can feel uh, the same freshness in their hearts too. So having developed this giving, um, we need also to further cultivate our practice in the aspect of sila or generosity. And really what sila means is a firmness, a strong, a strength there. So the five precepts, the eight precepts, or the 227 precepts, these create a strength to our hearts. And they also allow us to feel cool and at ease. This sila is a noble wealth that we can create and accumulate in our hearts. And also sila is there for the peace peace of body and speech. So having faith, uh, we also need to inform that sata, that faith, with panya or wisdom. And we need to put effort into the goals that we've set. And so just like when we study or when we work, we have certain goals there. And it's the same for our practice. We have a goal to our practice, and that goal is peace. So we should always be looking at our minds, knowing what they're feeling, trying constantly to abandon any defilements that might arise. Any liking or disliking, we try to put that down, abandon that. And just like children, they really like to go and play games, and like computer games. 
And that's normal for kids to get lost in these, even maybe drunk on them. And just like children have their games, adults also have their games as well. But we need to know a sense of enoughness in that. And not because these games really, they're um, driven or we want to play them because of the kilesis and because of craving. So we need to have a sense of enoughness around them and to make sure that we're always staying within the boundaries of the precepts, whether it's the five precepts, the eight precepts, or for novices, the 10 precepts. There's some attachment there, and that's normal. It's normal for there to be attachment in our lives. But we try to to, uh, cultivate our lives as best we can. See that really there's no benefit um, in wasting our time with frivolous things, and that it's much better for us to cultivate wholesome and good things. We can look into the nature of our minds and see all the different feelings that they experience. And initially, we get the impression that these hearts are really ours. But the thing is, we don't want for them to feel frantic and confused. We don't want to experience suffering. So why do we have this suffering? We all want happiness. So why do we feel despair? And maybe our hearts or our minds get so stirred up to the point where we're not able to get to sleep, where we just think on and on and on without end. There may be fear over the future and concern about what our work will be like and worry about our family. The Buddha said that one of the great sources of suffering of dukkha for lay people is that of being in debt. And with the current economic system that we have, this is a great problem because um, that's how the economy functions. So we need the Dhamma to be able to help us and to help the situation. Venerable Ajahn Chah taught that even though there may be a lot of reasons that we can come up for things, we may have our justifications Really, the most important thing is letting go, is being able to put things down. Because if we don't let go, then we'll just be holding on and carrying heavy things around with us all the time. And there'll be a lot of stress, and a lot of suffering constantly there with us, giving rise to endless problems in our lives. So when we see that the nature of suffering is this way, then initially we keep the precepts, but we'll also notice that these precepts aren't able to solve the suffering in our hearts. So what we need then to do is depend upon both mindfulness and wisdom, satipanya, to look at our hearts, take a good, um, be aware of what's going on, and also to constantly have effort there as well, in order to to know what our minds are like. And so the Buddha, in one of his previous lives, he uh, was born as uh, Mahachanaka. And in that life, he uh, was on a boat and there was uh, an accident and he was tossed into the water. 
and he was swimming for seven days and seven nights. But even in that situation, he didn't let go of his effort. And he thought that, well, if he died, then he died, and that's fine. But he would carry on putting in effort. So for us coming to sit here um, for one hour, then surely we can do that. And we can think, well, if we can't do it, then we'll just die sitting here. Or we sit for two hours and we think, if we're not able to do that, then that's fine, we'll just die. So we need to make our minds strong and not be overly concerned with our bodies. Really, the defilements, they are there in our hearts, but what our hearts are attached to are these bodies. So we need to be able to let go somewhat as well about our concerns for our health and really use our bodies to um, practice the Dhamma, to put in effort and raise up our hearts. We put effort into walking meditation, sitting meditation. And so for us coming to sit here every night you know, from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m., then we sit. And sometimes the mind is peaceful and sometimes it's not. But if we're not experiencing much calm, then one day if we carry on with it, we'll have to experience that calm. We'll have to meet with it. And where are we going to run off to? There's no place to go. So we should just sit to sitting walking meditation, walking meditation, training our minds to have mindfulness, whatever we're doing, even if we're at work or at home. Always looking after the heart so that it doesn't get involved in too much liking or disliking. We also know what that's like, know the feeling of the heart that's caught in liking or that's caught in disliking. We tell ourselves that it's not sure, it's impermanent. And why would we want to get involved in these things? Why would we want to get too concerned in them? So we contemplate our minds and look into our minds, bring them to a sense of stillness that is secluded from disliking and disliking. We carry on with it. And even though they may still get involved in liking and disliking, still we put in our efforts and don't throw away our energy in the practice. We carry on without stop, being sincere uh, to this practice. Always looking into our minds, practicing every day, having this faith there. We can ask ourselves, is our faith increasing or is it decreasing? If we have faith in the Buddha, then why is it that we wouldn't also put his teachings into practice? Right now, our bodies are strong enough to be able to practice, to be able to do walking and sitting meditation, but that won't always be the case. And one day, our health will deteriorate. So now that we can do it, we should do it. While our bodies are still strong, then we put in our efforts to practice uh, this bhavana, this cultivation. So we don't just toss away our efforts, but we really um, devote this life to the practice. And just as Venerable Ajahn Chah said, if it's not good, then let it die. And if it won't die, then make it good. And we follow this teaching. Even though the world in the current state is very chaotic, we can see that really in the past it was like this as well. It was also chaotic. And in the future, it'll be frantic and confused as well. And this 
confused nature of the world just goes on without stop. So this opportunity we have right now to practice is a very good one and something that we're fortunate to have gained. That for the monks, the four requisites are all here and ready. And also in the lives of the lay people, it's all ready and suitable for the practice. Whether we're at work or we're at home, then we try to maintain mindfulness all throughout our day. When we go to work, we have mindfulness. When we come home, then we take up the formal meditation. And we do this every day without fail. Building up a home for our hearts. This home of peace within our minds. So we have sincerity there. When we have this sincerity, then wisdom will arise. And what wisdom is is the all-around clear knowing of the nature of conditions. Just as the Buddha taught that attachment to the five khandhas is the cause of suffering. So any attachment that we have to any physicality or mentality as a self will pull us into suffering. So what we need to do is we need to change our wrong views that we have. These wrong views that cause us so much difficulty. And if we don't, then we'll carry these views around with us for the whole of this life and then into the next life and the next life as well, causing us endless suffering. So we train ourselves and we build up the enthusiasm and the energy of our hearts. We don't just throw away the practice, but we carry on doing it. And just like the days and nights are constantly passing by, passing by, um, we need to meet that with um, effort and sincerity. <clears throat> See that all things are impermanent. And as we contemplate, then the collectiveness of our mind will gather together and we'll experience peace. But this will happen just a little bit at a time. the mind will gradually and eventually um, develop from that of an unenlightened being into a good person and from a good person into a noble being. That samadhi develops and flourishes in, in wisdom. And from this place of wisdom, we can see emptiness and our minds will become empty will understand clearly into the nature of Dhamma and all of the doubts we have will vanish through this clear understanding. And so what this requires is the effort that we put in in this life. We have the time and we have the opportunity to do this. So right now when we're listening to the Dharma when we're sitting in meditation, then we try to just put everything down and allow our minds to come into peace, to stay with our meditation object and always be uh, cultivating this. We have this one hour and 45 minutes of the day that we use to practice and cultivate our hearts. So we should use that time well, use it in a way that really does develop our minds.
So I ask for everyone to have the sincerity in the practice.